Hey, it's episode 213, and today I wanted to chat with you about how to exercise, how to fuel before and after exercise for normal people, non-athletes. So if you don't consider yourself an athlete, you're just a normal human being with a nine to five job and you just want to like do right by your body, but not get too hardcore. Today's episode is for you. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me, then I'll answer. It's so great. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Just look for episode 213. Oh my gosh, how are we at episode 213? This blows my mind. So today's episode is made up of a bunch of different resources all in one place. The first is an interview I did with Michelle Burleson, where we chat about what workouts to do, how to time your food around them. And then the next video I did a while back on supplementation before and after workouts. Okay, so I have pulled the audio from each of these videos and put them in podcast format. It's a little bit of magic, a little bit of patience mixed up, and you're going to get it all in one place. So I wanted to chat first about the food aspect and how to fuel yourself properly, how carb ups may have a role depending on what kind of workouts you're doing. Michelle is brilliant with this and she knows best. I'm so happy she's in my life and she is such a wealth of knowledge. And then the next piece talks about supplementation. So if you want to go that route and you're feeling flat either before or after your workouts, you can use that. Okay. So before we get to that, I also need to tell you about my newest podcast coming out very, very soon. It's called Love Rebel. You can search for it on your favorite podcast player. New episodes are coming out in 2020, but there's a little episode waiting for you there right now. So you can subscribe, listen to it. I cannot wait. Love Rebel. My intention behind the show is to just share more of myself in a non-keto way. Lots of crystals, probably going to talk about lots of sex healing, meditation, how to see love in everyday experiences, how to shift not only your mindset, but your heart set and how to always get into your heart to see that love because love is everywhere. And I'm hoping that we can heal together. Okay. So again, it's love rebel and let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get started with the show. So we are going to be talking about fat loss and muscle gain. Yeah. And Let's eating it. high fat to lose fat, but gain muscle. What? That's exactly the opposite of everything we've been told to do. Yet so many people in the Healthful Pursuit community are doing exactly this. We're eating lots of fat, we're gaining muscle, and all is good in the world. And we're working out less. Today we're chatting with Michelle Burleson about how we can use high fat to gain muscle and be a little bit more awesome. So we're going to be talking in detail about the exact exercise that women should be doing, shouldn't be doing, what's going to help us stay in fat burning, get kicked out of fat burning, and everything in between. So hint for a lot of you, this is probably going to mean working out a lot less. I know for myself, there were days or years even where I was working out three to four hours a day and not losing any weight and my muscle was suffering. So Michelle is an author, screenwriter, journalist, medical writer, researcher, former high school and college coach, and Division I NCAA scholarship athlete. 
While attending George Mason University, Michelle was nominated by her teammates as co-captain. This lady has done so much and she's interested in surfing. She's a wellness coach, an ocean advocate. Michelle splits her time between Los Angeles, Santa Cruz and Santa Cruz, California. And she's passionate about, about women's metabolic issues, nutrition, athletic performance, and its specific impact on female biochemistry. And we were just saying before the call that Michelle was really the rocket fuel behind no fail fat burning for women. So she is the lady to talk to all about fat burning women, muscle gains, losses, and everything in between. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Michelle. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. That just, you just boosted my self-esteem. Like yeah, right? Just 20 like, fat. I'm, I'm going to drop the mic and leave. Yeah, and done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm That's out. That's need. good. Yeah, yeah, that was a mouthful. Wow, you've been up to a lot of stuff. Up to crazy. That's why I have no life. It's been a long time coming. I read the No Fail Fat Burning for Men. I think I recommend your guys' book like in every video I ever make. I'm like, so you've seen this. Now you need their book because it's such a great, even for people that are interested like in the bulletproof type way of eating is it's so customized to women that because there's not a lot of resources out out there for women that are trying to do this. It's so male focused and it makes yeah. it so difficult to know, like, because we're way different and we're going to respond. Like Wait. I see that with my husband. It's completely different. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, for the healthful pursuit community, a lot of us know that, you know, more of a ketogenic or high fat eating style is going to help us lose fat for people that don't know what that is. Can you explain kind of the overarching understanding of eat fat to lose fat first off? Well, the 30,000 foot view is when basically when we eat healthy fats, your body wants to use it right away, especially like your, your medium chain triglycerides. That's why we're so coconut oil, MCT oil, healthy pastured animal fat that your body is going to want to use it and burn it right away. Meanwhile, that's depleting your glycogen stores. And tell me if I'm going too yeah, much. I but will. So glycogen is where your your body holds on to this glycogen as fuel when you're in a glucose burning state. So if you're eating carbohydrates right. every day, you're going to use this glycogen. But when you're eating fats, you're saying that those glycogen stores start to decrease and we're burning our fat as energy. Exactly. And the thing is, so many of us are sugar adapted and that is not the most efficient fuel for our bodies and especially our brains or our hormones, especially as women. And this is where we get screwed so badly or you find women just hitting a wall or their menstrual cycle sucks or they're you know they just feel like garbage all the time is that you need healthy fat in order for your hormones to work efficiently your hormones are working efficiently you're going to become you're going to become a fat burning machine um, i love that fat burning machine that is like yeah. the best way to describe it yeah and you know the thing is it's so funny part of, and i know with your work too because i've i've seen a lot of your work is that a lot of it is just kind of uneducating people about the the whole fat phobia, just rolling that back. And that takes a lot of time and then getting them to feel okay with eating that much fat and not feeling like they're going to have a heart attack or become fat or whatever. When we become very, you know, sugar dependent as you know, for energy, that's not going to get used very efficiently. And then it gets stored. And then we as how does it get stored as fat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets it gets stored in all the places your bikini won't cover. That's yeah, that's much. a good way. So what you're saying yeah. is that by eating more fat, we're allowing our bodies to switch into fat burning mode because we're not using the glucose, so the glycogen stores are lowered. We're burning fat as energy, and that helps us lose the fat. 
Well, just like you were saying, you know, your glycogen depletes as your body's burning fat. But the, the key part of this is you don't keep replenishing that glycogen. Right. You know, we're not. And so your body just gets more and more used to. And that's why, like, you know, we do the glycogen depletion. We do the carb depletion is that we burn it out. You see that huge drop in water weight, which needs to happen, you know, for because for every what every gram of glycogen, there's three grams of water. So yeah, you're just three this, to four. Yeah, you're holding yeah. on to a lot of water there. I mean, you're a tick at that point. You're just like the swollen tick. So when you start, when you start that fat burning and you start consuming all that fat, you're depleting glycogen. You're just releasing all that water, which is fantastic. You know, sometimes people are like, well, it's just water weight. Well, it adds up, you know, it makes a well, it has huge to difference yeah. when you're and not carrying around that water. Okay, so then yeah. you, you're talking about carb depletion. What's What are some of the steps? Like I know I cover this off in my book, The Keto Beginning, and I know No Fail Fat Burning for Women goes through it too, but the depletion is basically stop eating all the carbs, right? That's how you deplete. Right. Now, does working out have something to do with it too, I would imagine? Depleting those glycogen stores quicker or... Absolutely. Yeah, just, you know, well, the high intensity training, of course, or if you're heavy lifting. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Sometimes I recommend for it, it really depends on the person, honestly. And that's why um, a lot of times people are like, well, it says to do this exactly this way in the book. And the thing is, is that that's a that's a protocol. And that's a great foundation. But you can't slap something onto a whole gender community. And expect it to work across the board there you know i think you can do a high you know high intensity interval training you can do heavy resistance um you can also go for really long slow walks but i don't recommend going in the middle where you're just where we're on a treadmill for hours and hours and hours a day muscle wasting and then raising our cortisol and therefore you're just holding on to fat or you're becoming skinny fat. You're saying high intensity interval training or weights like heavy lifting heavy weights? Would yeah, you, or oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Would CrossFit kind of fit in there too? Is that kind of Oh man, you're pushing. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to ask. <laughs> well, here's the deal. This is where Sky and I differ a little bit. I have a ton of friends who do CrossFit. I've done CrossFit. Yeah, me too. I think for women, I mean, I'm 41. As you get older, it affects you differently. It's a dual modality. If you don't know how to move properly, if you don't know how to feed yourself properly, you're going to run into some issues and that could be weight gain. It, it, it could be a ton of things. How often, so you're saying if we eat fat, we're going to lower our glycogen stores and we're going to switch into fat burning mode. In order to deplete that quicker, we can work out a little bit to deplete that glycogen store. So now we're in fat burning mode. How often should we be working out as women to make sure that we're losing fat, gaining muscle, and all is good. You know, I tailor that to the individual. Okay. Um, some people, I know some people are just addicted to it, and they feel like if I'm not exercising five days a week and beating the crap out of myself, they feel like something's wrong and they can't let go of that. I Honestly, if you're doing a high-intensity interval workout or weight training, you could go minimal two days a week. You could go one day a week if you're doing something like body by science, like um, Doug McGuff, like, you know, time under tension. You could do that once a week. I, I did that a couple years ago just to see what would happen. And I only worked out once a week for 20 minutes and I got so strong. That's when I started getting my pull-ups like crazy. Wow. And that's insane. But yeah, it's not, I mean, it's 20 minutes once a week, but it is, I mean, you leave there just, everything's on the floor. Dead. You're a dead yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're your time under tension. So you're not really lifting weight. You're just seeing how long you can hold it up before, you know, it, it brings you back down. 
Um, so it's really, and you only want to do that like once a week because it's so hard on your central nervous system. But then, you know, if it really depends on your lifestyle and the cool thing about this type of nutrition and eating this way is that it can fit any lifestyle. I, I work out four or five times a week. And by workout, I don't mean I'm killing myself every day. Sometimes that workout's four minutes, you know, swinging a kettlebell or, you know, doing a Tabata today. Like when I was rushing home today, it was like I did an uh, isometric workout, you know, which was just all hold, hold, hold how, as long as I can hold, yeah. hold myself in certain positions. And that was real quick, but I can even tell now I feel a little fried. I'm going to need to sleep a lot today. Some of my ladies, like we just did the the fat burning challenge. I'll just have them work out two or three times a week. A lot with the, I'm a big fan of the kettlebell because it's yeah. an overall exercise. Get your whole posterior chain and it burns your fat. Like if you want a butt, you want some hamstrings, nice back, nice arms, swing the kettlebell. Every which way. <laughs> Every which way. Yeah. Like Tracy Rafkin, she's just, she's a goddess. Like get her she book. Is. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. Today's show is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, the makers of my favorite magic elixirs like the Lion's Mane Elixir. Add to coffee, your morning tea, smoothies, shakes, you name it, and watch your anxiety go down and your cognitive function increase. Each of their elixirs are formulated to support various aspects of your health and wellness, from brain function to energy production, relaxation, and more. They're easy to travel with, you can add them to any liquid, and they're pretty tasty too. Use the coupon code KETO, all in caps, for 15% off all things at foursigmatic.com slash keto. Unsure of the link? Check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, so you're saying that we should do sort of like these high-intensity interval training or lifting weights. Is there a difference between, you know, like there's some resources out there, for instance, things like carb backloading and that whole thing where it's, you know, it's best to work out in the mid afternoon or is there a good time to work out and how does that impact our nutrition when we're eating high fat? That's such a good question. And I know it's probably one you get all the time and I get all the time because I know in the book, it's like your optimal window is three to six. Yeah. And the reason that is, is because your insulin and your cortisol has come down yeah. and you know, you're, you're, you've broken your fast probably. And then you are going to Work out really hard and then consume your biggest meal afterwards or spike your insulin after. So you're going to get this ushering of nutrients in and it's going to go mostly into your muscles um, because you basically shut down your fat cells for the day when you do work out in the later afternoon. Mm -hmm. If you work out early in the morning, which I do, I don't, it's just that's the way my schedule is. You can still take advantage of that. And actually, here's the one you know, women, we're so, it just feels like men get it so easy in, in this department, nutrition department. But uh -huh. here's our... Here's our bonus is actually we can kind of get away with working out in the morning more, spiking our insulin and having it. And this is anecdotal, but still get great results. And I've heard even up to like 140% more muscle growth and fat burn from doing that in the morning. If you go like an hour within an hour of waking up, you don't want to wait too late. But like say you get up at seven, go work out at eight. And is this um, fasted? Are you doing this fasted? Fasted. Yeah. Okay. Some people, yeah, some people will take some MCTs, sometimes a little caffeine with some MCT oil. Yeah. Uh, beforehand, it really depends on what you're going to be doing. 
so you basically, so you go into train, you're doing something, you're doing something that's stressing your system, like high intensity interval training, you know, you're, you're lifting hard. That's all catabolic, which means you're breaking things down, Yeah, which is a good thing. You need to break yourself down to build yourself back up. The thing is, the minute we stop working out and then we go and we like, you know, slam down a, a brown banana in a shake or whatever, you know, spike our insulin and usher the nutrients in is like we haven't let those catabolic processes is finished and part of that catabolic process is cellular cleansing and letting those like so we've mobilized body fat by doing this exercise right which means we're we're we've basically pushed our fat cells into releasing fat and that's what it means by mobilizing fat. we don't just burn fat it's not like just like we've got to <laughs> yeah we've got to cajole the fat cells into releasing the triglycerides inside releasing the fat inside those cells right and that's what we're doing when we're working out. So it gets into our bloodstream. And so the whole catabolic process after we work out is letting all those triglycerides get out so that we can burn them for fuel. They've been released so that now we can burn it up for fuel. Right. If we just jam a, a you know, a shakedown, we become anabolic, which means we've started the growth process, the recovery process too fast. Right, but then the, so fat's all, the fat's all like, but what about, we want to be used for fuel, and it totally Right, it. exactly. Okay, yeah. so what you're it's saying It's like, oh, all this protein. What you're saying is that, um, so if you work out in the morning, I can wake up, and within an hour, I'm doing my workout, and then I wait about 45 minutes, and then I, and then I have as insulin-spiking carbohydrates. So you mentioned brown bananas, maybe, maybe sweet potato. Um, sweet, I, I feel rice, like... Rice, white rice. Mm, in in your shake, here's what I would do. I do it kind of like in the book. Like I would, I, I have never actually had like sweet potato or rice after working out in the morning. I normally do. I actually use Carb Shock, or I will do the brown banana. Or you can do grapes in the shake. Yeah. Get it in there, and then just go back to your regular intermittent fasting with your fat coffee or fat tea or whatever. A couple hours later, like when you get hungry, have your fat coffee, and then go throughout your day eating low carb, high fat, or do you, because there's some resources out there that say, you know, and then do another carb up at night because it's nighttime and you worked out that morning. Would you say that or no? I wouldn't say that for women. No, okay. unless you're yeah. carrying a ton of lean mass. No, that's, you're going to get fat. Yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> hey, bottom line. She says it like the truth. You know, there's no sugar coating <laughs> here. Uh, if you're working out in the afternoon, what you're saying is it really wouldn't matter what time you worked out. It's just have that insulin spiking carb after, and then just go back to eating low carb, high fat, no matter what time you end up working out. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to work out in the, and it really depends on what kind of workout you do, because I tend to eat safe starches almost every day now. Okay. Be interesting. Because I just need it. And I find like, I actually lean out more that way, but I'm also in a cycle right now where I'm lifting super, super heavy and I'm doing things that are really hard on my central nervous system. Yeah. And if I don't, I can feel it. I can like my, my period sucks. I'm in a crappy mood. I can't sleep. You know, and I've heard you talk about that too. Like you just, you know, you got to find that way with carbs, but yeah, I don't recommend eating carbs twice a day. And, you know, if you're going to work out in the, in the evening, have just your biggest meal at night afterwards. So honestly, like if you work out in the morning, do it, have your shake 45 minutes to an hour later, do your fat coffee after, or sometimes like if I have some, I just throw my coffee in the shake. Yeah. Yeah. And then keep going. Like I'll break my fast sometimes around two or three. Sometimes I'm just so full. I forget I'm not hungry. 
That's the forget best, to eat. Hey? Huh. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're going to work out in the afternoon, just keep fasting all day, have your, you know, your veggies and your protein and fat, and then have your biggest meal at night. And for people that I know that many people in my community get quite concerned with their macros and stuff uh, like that. Yeah. So let's chat about macros. Oh, I can tell you're super happy about it. I've gotten away from tracking my macros because you just get so overwhelmed with it yeah. all. And I guess for myself and correct me if I'm wrong, but I just set the intention to eat low carb, high fat. And I know what my yeah. low carb veggies are. I know what my proteins are. Now, do you just subscribe to that sort of approach to this way of eating? You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't personally, unless I'm doing some sort of trick on myself. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm, you know, trying a new hack or something. When I have like when we did the, you know, we did the two month kick fat in the ass challenge with these four, well, it ended up being three ladies. Um, There are certain things we would do. And I had them start off because they were coming from, you know, this whole thing being new, the high fat thing being new and getting over the fat phobia. And it's, you know, getting our heads right. I did have them start off with certain macros so that they can will now be able to eyeball it. You can yeah, go on so vacation. You can know, you can know you can what it feels it. like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like when I work with competitive athletes, like figure competitors, if you really want to push the needle, you need to look at your macros. Like if this tiny bit of percentage is going to make you striated or make you come in soft or come in hard, you do need to really dial it, that down. If you want to be healthy and look good and be fit, like just like you said, set know what intention. it is. <laughs> yeah. And really like, yeah, set the intention and check in with your body. Know what this feels like. Know that when you eat this, you feel like crap and you blow up. You know, it also depends on your time of the month. Yeah, it's so true. Now, with protein too, I know that in the ketogenic or high fat eating style, there's a little bit of not a phobia around protein, but a little bit of a fear around protein converting to sugar, and then you're spiking your insulin, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you feel like protein needs to be watched quite a bit when you're eating high fat? Or I do find sometimes that when people try this out for the first time, and they're kind of going it alone. And they're like, well, the, the, the scale didn't budge. Besides, that's a whole nother podcast about the scale. But I'll find their protein is really, really high, because I think there's a misconception that because something is high fat, I mean, or low carb, that it's high protein too, which, yeah. you know, it's really hard to pound down a lot of protein. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. CBD oil, I'm sure you've heard of it, and maybe you've been a bit overwhelmed by the options and concerned it'll get you high. My family has been supplementing with CBD oil for the last two years, and I'm impressed with the results. And no, we don't get high on this stuff, and neither will you. So why do we use CBD oil? Well, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, reducing joint issues, inflammatory acne, and gut distress. Eaton Hemp makes the highest possible quality CBD oil, are transparent in their production processes, and are one of the first USDA certified organic and blockchained CBD products, ensuring all you're getting in your oil is CBD, not pesticides. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, which ensures higher potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids, all good things. 
here is your special podcast only offer. Head over to healthfulpursuit.com slash CBD. Use the coupon code keto diet for 20% off all Eaton hemp CBD products. If you're unsure of the link, check out today's show notes. You mentioned the insulin spiking carbs, you know, having your banana or your grapes. What if people are like insulin resistant or I know that I have some clients that suffer from major binge cycles. If, if any type of sugar touches their lips, they just go crazy for days. And so <laughs> there's been some conversation around, okay, well, do we need to carve up? What if we just shocked our bodies by eating more that day instead? Could that, mm. you know, like the calorie- eating, eating more what? <laughs> Just more high fat, low carb. So it would be, you know, you work out and then that day you just have like more in the day. Like maybe you have like an extra snack or, you know, for people that just can't do the sugar, like they can't do the banana, they can't do the grapes. Even the thought of having like safe carbs at dinner will like screw up everything. Do you think that's mental or physical? I think 80% of it is mental. But I know that some of my insulin resistant clients, it's like the minute they have even carrots, they're like, they just go nuts. Like their body just shuts down. I have one client that eats a carrot and she falls asleep. She's that sensitive to carbohydrates. So if you're wanting to build up that muscle, because we need, what you're saying is that we need that spiking insulin to generate that muscle. But if we can't do that, is there a way around it at all? Well, well, we need that spiking insulin too to reset our leptin. Yeah. And I, I find that if someone's insulin resistant and they've got some sort of metabolic syndrome, then they're also leptin resistant. And so I think the first thing I would do with someone like that, and it's talked about in the book, but I think people misuse it. But if, if you're that leptin resistant and, 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 it, and that normally shows up with that major sugar problem mm. that you talk about is don't start off intermittent fasting. Just start off eating, just clean up your diet, just clean it up. Yeah. And of course, keep it lower carb and high fat, moderate protein, but um, get your leptin like talking to your brain correctly. And it's gonna. And the thing is, your your leptin's talking trash to your brain about sugar if you're leptin resistant, and it's telling lies. Yeah, it's like, it's like that. We need like, sugar. We need sugar. Yeah, yeah, it's like the mean girl of your brain, like just talking smack behind your back to your brain, like sugar, sugar. Yeah. And so when I see that, I, yeah, I just I just skip the um the intermittent fasting altogether, or you know, like add the collagen protein in. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing um, the collagen protein right now in oh, my right. tea. Is it? Nice. <laughs> what kind of tea is that? It's um, rooibos tea that I just oh, brew cool. and then I chill and then I shake in like two scoops of collagen and this is like my afternoon drink of awesomeness. Oh, nice. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Love it. And you mentioned a little bit about hormones. How does that play a role? So you're saying... Eat high fat, low carbohydrate. We're doing our insulin spiking carbs about 45 minutes after our workout, then going back into low carb, uh, high fat. Say our estrogen is messed up or progesterone or testosterone or any of those those (laughs) hormones. How does that impact our ability to lose fat, gain muscle? It actually helps level it all out and get it, you know, get it all working again. I mean, one thing I see really across the board is people or women, um, premenopausal women, finally getting their cycles right. Mm. 
I think where it goes wrong, I think for a lot of women on ketogenic diets is they're just like, we're low carb all the time. And you see these great results in the beginning and then you just hit a wall, Yeah, you know, or they start feeling awful or they lose their period or it's just this horrific thing. And it's because their hormones are again, are just getting out of whack. Um, because we're pushing I think ourselves it's, too hard. You're saying in a way, if you're just too low carb for too long, yeah, can cause that. Yeah. I mean, for some, you know, that's, again, there might be some people out there that can totally rock the party. You know, it, it, it really depends. Of course, men can get away with like super, super low carb for a really long time. Oh, that's like my husband. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. He has low yeah. carb for seven days and he loses all this weight and his muscles are protruding everywhere. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah. And then like, yeah. it's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. But um, for my, for my experience anyway, eating high fat, low carbohydrate is the only thing that helped my hormones. So when I meet people yeah. where it's like, I've lost my period eating this way, I'm like, then there's something that we're not doing. Like, there's some piece that we're missing. And oftentimes yeah. it's either they're not eating enough, like they're at a thousand calories a day. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. Um, or, you know, they have one zucchini a day for yeah. three months. And I don't even look at calories. Who cares about calories? Now, you mentioned that you've been doing some carbohydrates at night. How do you find that it impacts you being in ketosis? Are you in ketosis or um, have you kind of found that balance? between having carbs at night, staying fat fueled, and maybe you're monitoring a little bit of ketone generation? Or how does that work for people that are curious? You don't necessarily have to be in ketosis to be to be burning fat. So happy that you mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of scared to mention it. Too, yeah, no, but, uh, no, please. Yeah. Uh, do it. And I do I'll, like I'll show you I have I have my this is my little like I have my little ketonics, you know, my sport breath analyzer thing. But I don't I don't worry about that. Like if I have safe starches at night, um, I have been doing this thing where instead of because I did hit a point like I was just like starting to not feel good. And I really needed to add carbs back in. But then you start feeling like crap. Yes. So I've been doing this thing where you add them back at a certain amount very slowly. So like, say, if I add in, and of course, I don't want to go into macros or people being like, she said five she grams. Said, so she just, said, yeah. Yeah. I, like, but you know, let's say touch. I add like, yeah, a touch more white rice at night. I do that for a week or two and I leave it at that kind of same thing. So I say, st so you're steadily, I'm not just shocking carbs back in to my body at inconsistently, if that makes sense. Totally. So you do it, it over, yeah, over, and then so it saves you from that really crappy feeling. Of, oh my you gosh, I, mean? I ate too many plantains. <laughs> right. So like if you, you were going to start adding carbs back in in the evening, depending on, you know, your your exercise, say it's this week, it's a quarter of a sweet potato and it's going to stay that way, you know, and then you just monitor how you feel. The resistance starch hack I did last week, it's, it's you got to try it. And uh, so I lost like a percent of body fat. Amazing. On that, that was, it was crazy. I lost like four and a half pounds. Again, I don't care about pounds either, but I lost four and a half pounds and it was right after my period, TMI. So I, it was a bunch of water weight, four and a half pounds, but it was a percent of body fat. And when I had done it a few months ago, right after the holidays, I lost like 1.4% body fat doing it. Yeah. And just wa taking long walks every day, like really mindful walks, like mindful visualization walks, like checking in with yourself. And then I just feel so much better this weekend and this week just feel great 
So it's totally, we were actually talking about resistance starch in a couple of weeks and like more about poo talk and stuff like that. And <laughs> I love it. I love poo talk. I love it. Yeah. yeah I'm I a little song and dance. But can you tell us a little bit about the experiment that you did, the resistance starch experiment? Or can people go somewhere to find out how yeah, they can go works? to the blog? Yeah, I'm going to write about it. So this is going to be on nofailfatburningforwomen.com very That's soon. Yes. Yep. So if people today, are, hopefully. Okay. Okay. So by the time this video goes live, when I is it going on Wednesday? Live? Um, now you got to get it live. Now so go to nofailfatburningforwomen.com and hopefully it will be there unless you do another carb up and fall asleep and don't get it done. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So let's kind of summarize for everyone out there just so that we know exactly what we said. Uh, so eat low carbohydrate, high fat most of the time when you work out. And we would recommend, you know, the high intensity interval training or heavy lifting, not that steady state cardio for hours and hours. That is not going to help the situation. And Isolation exercises. Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. Perfect. And so after those workouts, about 45 minutes after, do that spiking carb like a brown banana. Brown banana is important. Or grapes or, or carb shock you mentioned. And then go back to eating uh, low carb, high fat. And then if you want to play around with carbs at night, depending on your energy and your cycle, and you really have to listen to your body. Yeah. And your lean mass. Like how much lean mass are you carrying yeah. on your on your body? The, the more, and this is why, and especially you too, and I appreciate this about you so much, is that, you know, women are so scared of getting bulky. You have to put on that mass if you want to burn fat, you yeah. know, and you want to keep your metabolism up as you age. Yeah. Totally. So, you got to get the muscle and it doesn't have to yeah. be big, beefy, like traps and all that stuff. Not at all. No, like, not at, yeah, well, yeah, you got to be on steroids to totally you know, so. you're not going to get beefy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a matter me. of building that muscle so that it can burn, you know, keep your metabolism going and that's all good. Okay. Yeah. And then if you want to check out resistance starch information, go to no fail fat burning for women. Is there anything else that you want to add at all, Michelle? You know, if you want to get fit, deadlift just do your big movements yeah that's it and also this is another thing and this will be in the book and I'll, I'll wrap this up quickly but you know we can let instead of working against our bodies and like oh god I'm having my period and all this is like leverage those hormones for when you can burn fat the most during the month when you can gain the most strength during the month and then take a chill like in your luteal phase three or four days before your period make that your deload week yeah and it'll actually help you going forward instead of killing yourself like I feel like crap and I've I'm fatigued and I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, a, it just makes it worse, you know, work with your body. Like yeah. the, you know, the, the first couple days after your period ends, that's your time, your estrogen, your testosterone are high, like go hit the, you know, whatever you do, go hit it hard. Yeah. You can probably tolerate a little more carbs in too. And that will help you with your PMS or whatever's happening also. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on our show. And I'm sure oh, we can chat forever and ever. But um, for people yeah. that want to check out uh, Michelle's site, again, it's nofailfatburningforwomen.com. Thanks awesome. so much. Thank you, Leanne. Aloha. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I hope you're really enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. Snap a pic and tag me at Healthful Pursuit or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff.
Hey guys, today we are chatting about fueling your workouts properly on a ketogenic diet. How to boost muscle, boost energy, and really get into the zone of using your ketogenic diet to improve your workouts with a couple of simple steps that make all the difference. So, knowing when you should fuel, how you should fuel, what you should fuel with, when you switch over to a ketogenic diet and you love working out, is really challenging and I think a lot of people struggle in this because when we worked out before, we just used carbs all the time. <laughs> before your workout, carbs. During your workout, carbs. After your workout, definitely carbs. So when you move over to keto eating, it's like, okay, but like, I can't just eat fat, can I? In fact, no, there are actually a couple of things that you can do in your pre-workout and post-workout that'll make all the difference. And these are the keys that I've developed from 2014 when I started the ketogenic diet to now and really discovering how my body responds to different nutrients and different practices. And many of the women in our Healthful Pursuit community have had success with this as well. So let's start with pre-workout. So think of pre-workout as sort of a three-pillar approach. So first you have beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is a ketone body. So you want lots of those. You also want a bunch of MCTs or medium chain triglycerides. And then you want specific amino acids. And a mistake that I made for a really long time was just like, whatever, branch chain amino acids, put them in my water, good to go. But there's actually specific ones you wanna look for. Those are leucine, isoleucine, and valine. If you have those three, you're winning, especially in your pre-workout. The combination of these three things, your BHB, your MCT, and those specific amino acids, is that it's going to help you with muscle protein synthesis. You are also going to have better cellular glucose uptake and better endurance. So if you're new to the ketogenic diet, endurance is a big one because it can take your body a little while to get into the groove of ketone-fueled workouts. And so you're, if you're looking for that bump in your endurance, these three things are going to be really, really important to you. And especially if you've never engaged in an active lifestyle and because you're keto, now you have more general energy and you go to the gym and you find your endurance just sucks, it's probably because you haven't worked out in this way. And so a boost of endurance is never a bad thing. Also, a lot of people think amino acids, amino acids, no big deal. But actually, these specific amino acids boost your ketones so that you can use those ketones for energy. It'll also boost your mental clarity. So if you are participating in any activity where you need to use your brain, which is most activities, it'll help with that. It also helps with strength and endurance. So with this specific combination, you can do more reps, you can sustain your energy, and it's good all around. And you might also be a lot more motivated to go to the gym because you're not like, oh gosh, I don't want to do this. I'm so tired. You've had your combination, you're ready to go, and you crush it at the gym. And we're going to chat about how to put all this together in a way that makes sense that you're not like buying a bunch of products and spending a bunch of money. But first, let's talk about the post-workout. If you haven't heard of collagen yet, I'm gonna link up here and also down below on the video that I did about collagen. Collagen is probably one of the best post-workouts People don't react to collagen like they do, say, whey protein because there's no dairy in it. And also whey protein will have the whey and it will help you gain. But for a lot of women, it can actually spark more gaining overall and it can influence your insulin. If you're insulin resistant, I wouldn't recommend a whey protein. So collagen plays a huge role in the regeneration of muscles and joints, connective tissues and ligaments more so than any other protein powder. So with post-workout, 
workout. It doesn't have to be this whole like, oh my gosh, I need shakes and I need to add this powder and this powder and all these things. Just have some collagen. If it's bone broth, cool. If it's collagen powder, cool. So now we know that we need a good pre-workout. We need a good post-workout. How are we going to put all this together and not have 5 billion different products in our pantry? Okay, are you ready? So the first one I recommend is this Perfect Keto um, pre-workout mix. It has all of the things in it that I just said. And for the post-workout, I love Perfect Keto unflavored keto collagen. Now the reason I like unflavored is because there are other flavors, uh, chocolate and vanilla have stevia in it and I like to have fun with my sweeteners and usually don't put any so I recommend the unflavored but if you like getting a little funky with your flavors there's chocolate and vanilla too. So that's definitely available to you to use and that has a combination of everything I just chatted about. Let's get to the like frequently asked questions portion of fueling with fat and using it for your active lifestyle. So let's get to these questions. Yes, you should definitely either continue working out when you start keto or start more of an active lifestyle as you start keto. Now, your performance will dip down before it recovers and that's just because your body's a little bit confused about what fuel it's using, but the best way to push your body into ketosis is to continue moving your body because when you move your body, your glycogen stores go down and your body better slides into ketosis faster. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a drop in your performance after going keto. A couple of things you can do to help it is make sure that you're eating enough electrolyte rich foods. Those are going to be like your greens and avocado, dark chocolate. You can also supplement with bone broth. Make sure that you're having some sort of MCT oil or MCT oil powder. That's why I recommend the keto collagen because it has the MCT oil powder and it has the collagen in it so it's a double whammy. And just keep working out. <laughs> just keep going and at some point, usually in a couple of days, you'll start feeling a lot better. It's really just a waiting game of waiting until your body pushes into that state. But one trick I can provide you is do some high intensity interval training, some sprints that'll help you drive yourself into ketosis a lot faster. So there you have it. Some of the things that I've used to uh, really define my ketogenic practice when it comes to moving my body. I hope that was really helpful. There are three awesome things that you guys can do right now. The first is subscribe to my channel. Again, there's a button down below. You click that, you click the little bell so that it sends you notifications when videos come out. The second is Happy Keto Body. If you're interested in Happy Keto Body, I highly recommend getting on the list. The registration will be open for a very short time. I don't know when it'll be open again. This is the first time we're launching really exciting stuff and so much more inside the program I didn't even get to touch on. So again, it's healthfulpursuit.com slash member if you want to be alerted when the program goes out. Because I brushed over a bunch of stuff, you might be thinking, oh, I gotta rewind, I gotta watch that again. What did she say about that? I got you covered. Just click the link to the corner, also down below where it says mini guide. <laughs> and you, once you're on that page, you can scroll down, click the big pink button, and you'll have the guide for this entire video sent to your email so that you can follow along, see what products I recommended, how it all works together. Thanks for hanging out with me, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye! I really hope you enjoyed that 
mishmash of awesome things. Um, I really like putting together these different audio podcasts and bringing together so many resources. I've been at this, I can't even believe it, since 2008. So I have a lot to share. And many of you who have been listening to the podcast, even from the very beginning, haven't watched all my YouTube videos. And I mean, there's so much out there. So I'm hoping that much of this information was either a good refresher or brand new. I bet you 99% of you, this was brand new. Um, So next up on the podcast, Sunday, December 15th, we have episode 214. I'm chatting about bloating and constipation on keto. And Wednesday, December 18th, episode 215, Lisa Davis is taking over the show to chat about your sexual health on keto. It's a good one. I say this every time because these takeovers are literally my favorite thing about my job right now. So if you love the takeovers, let me know on Instagram. Take a picture of you listening, maybe a screenshot of which episode is your favorite and tag me in it at Healthful Pursuit. I love seeing what you like, what you don't. And if you want to leave a review for the show, do that on your favorite player. It definitely helps me gear the show. Um, But if you have nothing nice to say, maybe keep your comments to yourself because nobody needs to read your negativity including me. Um, So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I will see you soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.